Chapter 25. The three-story press box was open on all levels, and on levels one and two, there were people there. The roof also, where cameramen for the teams and various media were positioned. Level one had spotters and coaches for the home team who had radio communication with one or more coaches on the field. Both offensive and defensive team spotters would indicate what they saw as the game would progress. The same was true for the other team whose spotters were on level two. The closed level three was padlocked. Only campus security had the key. Like the other two levels, only open windows existed on the side that faced toward the football field. Bev's father took the jeep he borrowed from his landlady, now her, his lover, to the airport. Winding up the switchback roads on Catalina Island, he intended to have a sandwich at the popular short-order cafe at the airport where he could acquire a much-advertised buffalo burger. Leaving at 4 p.m., he got to the plane he would use before sundown. Loading the plane with a large duffel bag and one case containing thin glass bottles, he next drove the 50 yards to get his buffalo burger. He had previously checked the fuel and done his safety walk around the plane with the door already off just before dinner. Coming back to the plane, he left his jeep beside the plane where it was intended to remain after he departed in the plane. It was now 6 p.m. The sunset from the top of Catalina in the western sky was beautiful, but as he gained altitude after takeoff, he set his course for the homing beacon just north of Oceanside Harbor. Crossing it, he would then begin to fly south along the coast, getting clearance from air traffic control to proceed toward the city of San Diego, then 45 miles away. At Balboa Stadium, as planned, teams had entered and were completing their warm-ups. The expected crowd of 10,000 grew to double that size, expecting a record-setting performance by the recently wounded quarterback. Kickoff was timed for 7.30. Spotters were in position and the camera, campus security manned his solitary vigil on the third floor of the press box he had reserved for himself. Stowed in a large duffel bag, he had placed his personal AR-15. That night, he intended to prevent panic among players, coaches, and the spectators on both sides of the field. No one saw or paid attention to him entering his floor of the press box, latching the door closed behind him as he entered. Preparing his weapon and multiple packs of ammunition for reloading, he was all set. Students were in the stands immediately below him. The varsity cheer team was assembled on the track and the football team's row of unused benches were along the sideline as the team warmed up. Only the volunteer doctor from Mercy Hospital, an assortment of student water boys and previously injured players were wearing their school jerseys while on crutches who actually had a portion of the benches nearby. The San Diego High team had made their grand entrance down the northern stadium concrete steps the adoring pom-pom and cheerleading team of girls spelling out S-D. The time-honored tradition of the pep band playing for the campus most recognized group of boys was blasting along with the roar of the home crowd loudly registering their approval. In the distance, a small plane could be seen coming toward the stadium from the north as it crossed the famous San Diego Zoo. It had begun to lose altitude and only kept enough height to clear the far end of the stadium. 
The low pass was directly over the football field, and the pilot could be seen taking pictures as he went past. Once past the stadium, the plane climbed a little higher and was seen turning back around toward the stadium. Again, the low pass occurred, and the pilot could be seen taking pictures of the crowd out the opening of the right side of the plane where the door had been removed. At first unnerved, everyone saw the plane and easily the camera being used by the low-flying pilot, especially when he leaned slightly outside for his shot. The second pass created a lot of waving by students seeing pictures were being taken. The kickoff ensued and the band played on. Cheerleaders led cheers and coaches coached while in communication with their spotters. Chapter 26 Unamused, the security guard pulled out his AR-15 after looking through binoculars to see that the pilot no longer had the camera in his hand. He did see the plane circling around, but behind him now, making a loop around the perimeter of the school and the stadium. When losing sight of the plane, which was behind the press box, it appeared to him it was circling like a shark. The guard grabbed his gun and relocated to the roof where the cameramen were located. While actively filming the game, the camera crews were unaware of the guard's presence. If they did notice, it was a glance at his security uniform windbreaker. One cameraman had filmed the plane as it passed the two times previously. Once with the door off, it was a clear view of the pilot taking the pictures of the crowd. As the security guard watched, he thought the plane was circling low now like a shark about to attack. His premonition was accurate. The plane, the cameraman in the plane was preparing for his attack. His thin glass bottles filled with gasoline corked with a rag, doused in the flammable liquid, were about to be tossed on Sammy and his unsuspected teammates when the offensive team came onto the field. Sure enough, the plane stopped circling. North of the field, it aligned with the center line of the football field. Then the plane began to descend from its 500-foot legal elevation on a glide path that would bring the plane no more than 100 feet over unsuspecting players. As the plane crossed the perimeter of the stadium, still descending, the glass bottles with their fuses of, of rags inserted were tossed from the plane. Lighted at the last moment, they came down as fans were terrorized at the sight both teams ran to the sidelines of the field, some joining spectators. The security guard, fearing another bombing run was about to take place, opened up with his AR-15, expending 100 missiles at the passing plane. Connecting strategically, the plane exploded in flames as it started to crash into the southern boundary of the stadium's open end. Panic in the stands on both sides began just before the crash when every spectator was witness to the fiery missiles of the Molotov cocktails descending and then to see and hear the plane being shot. Cameraman on the press box with the security guard continued filming. One captured the security guard unleashing the full power of his weapon. Others filmed the bombing run of the plane in its ultimate impaling into the columns at the end of the stadium. Later, news stations around the world broadcast the scene. Police came to the press box, then up to the roof. Recognizing the sound of the high-powered gun that shot down the plane, they too were soon on the roof. 
ammunition expended, the security guard greeted the officers. Immediately, the security guard was taken into custody. Possession alone was grounds for his arrest, in spite of having shot down the plane. Chapter 28 Sammy was in bed, wringing wet, when his father entered his bedroom to wake him up. His father opened the door, hearing Sammy explain loudly in his sleep, Thank you, thank you, everybody. He shook him awake. Sammy, wake up. I think you've been having a dream again. When awakened, Sammy said, Dad, you won't believe this one. At breakfast, he told his parents about the campus shooting, trips to the hospital, injuries, Bev's father shot down on a plane and throwing Molotov cocktails. His dad said, did you win the CIF championship game? Sammy responded, I don't know, the game is rescheduled. His dad replied, I know, it's tonight, and that's no dream. Continuing to correct his son's story from his nightmare, he, his father added, by the way, Bev's father is still in custody awaiting trial, being caught after that car chase right after you were shot. He's not flying around in some plane. And as for agents A, B, C, and D, what an imagination. Also, security fences? Good idea, but no such thing. But you should write a story sometime. That might be a Pulitzer Prize winner, his dad said, laughing. Then seriously, he said, the doctor told us your meds, you're getting sucker punched, and those hits in football could make you have nightmares. See you at the game tonight. Chapter 29 Game time arrived. Played at Balboa Stadium as defending CIF champions, 
Sammy and his teammates came down the stadium steps between the team of spirited pom-pom cheerleaders led by Bobby, now with her arm only bandaged in school colors. When warming up, Sammy looked above the crowd before the, before the game toward the one-story press box and the camera crews assembled on the roof. Standing guard at the one press box entrance, he could see the campus security guard by the one door that led up the one flight of stairs to the press box. Warming up, he recalled asking the guard at lunch earlier in the day, what did he know about M-D-A-S? What did that mean? The guard responded, I don't know, is that Mexican? I'm Italian and have no idea, but good luck tonight, then gave him a high five. He chuckled. Following the kickoff, Sammy's team received the ball, but his very nervous teammate fumbled the ball out of bounds on the two-yard line. In the huddle, Sammy thanked his friend who had made the error by saying, this will make our first pass a record setter, adding bombs away, right side, a play call for a long pass. The players clapped three times and lined up. Looking over the defensive alignment, Sammy briefly looked up into the sky and saw a plane circling near the stadium with the door off. On the snap, the ball came to Sammy. He looked left, then threw the ball as far as he could or down the right sideline. With a perfect spiral thrown, his flanker, who set the county record for the 9-500 the previous spring, was increasing his speed and his outstretched hands caught the ball in stride. A few yards later, he crossed the goal line untouched by any defender and held the ball high. Sammy raised both arms, signaling the touchdown, and turned toward the passing Cessna to see the door off and a cameraman recording his joy. The picture made the morning sports edition the next day. The first six points were followed by eight other touchdowns in a passing record-setting event. Each end and flanker recorded catches as well as the other two halfbacks. Victory was had by all. Their favorite drive-in, Oscars, was full of cheering, happy students after the game. Bobby and Sammy came together in his car. All their friends were there, making the night one glorious celebration.